Utah. And the Utes have their first lead of the day. That kid is just such a warrior, Joe. Welcome on in, Ute Post Game Show. Here at the point after 54-45, South State, or South 900 East, rather, in Murray, the point after. Utes get it done, 33-28. Bit of a slow start, but a strong bounce back in the second quarter, changing out some offensive line personnel. Paid off dividends, 33-28. Utah gets past the Washington Huskies. What did I tell you in the pregame, Frank Dolce? Live fearlessly. What? With reckless abandon. What did you tell there me? There was nothing to you, fear here. You. This was in the bag, I told you. You made it sound like Utah was going to just walk on through Seattle with their <laughs> helmets in hand and pick up a victory. I and said, it was much different than that. I said. They didn't take the first lead until the fourth quarter. I said 34-20. And it was 33-21 until a meaningless you, touchdown there at the end. You. Whatever you said was wrong. <laughs> But let, let me tell you something. This is a team, this is a Washington team that came out throwing punches. And, and Utah seemed a little off balance at first, regained composure, and then just took over the football game, especially on the defensive side. Eason was on skates. In the second half. For the second half yeah. of that football game. Yeah, for sure. And uh, he's, he has a strong tendency when he feels any kind of sort of pressure at all to do a little bit of panicking. But when it's a Utah pressure, it's not sort of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. And he was uh, <laughs> running around like nuts over the uh, second half there. How, so. ab- how about that? Jacob Eason ends up 29 of 52 in the game, 316 yards. That's only 6.1 yards per pass. Hmm. With the four touchdowns, that's fairly impressive, but the two costly Interceptions, one a pick six for the Utes. Utah does win the turnover battle. However, they fumbled it twice themselves, mm. which that's not going to sit too well with the, the coaching staff. But when you win the turnover battle, you can uh, swallow it a little easier. And the, they started off the game punt. Washington scored a touchdown pretty easily, if yeah. we're honest. Utah then punted again, and then the first fumble for Washington happened, and Utah turned that into three. And then it came back from there. How impressed were you with the, uh, well, first of all, how worried were you in the first quarter when that offensive line looked like it was a USC replay? And then the second quarter comeback, how much uh, did that impress you? I'm not not certain about that. Uh, why, Why the change at the offensive line? You mean to start the game? Yeah. Yeah, that was weird, right? Because Bam starts, and and that unit looked out of sync. And that, of all units on the football team, that's a crew that needs to be working together like a well-oiled machine, and they simply weren't. That first quarter of play was, even the first half, was not Utah's best effort at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and, and, then, and the score reflected that. And then Utah didn't help themselves, help themselves out at all. But I'll tell you what, they certainly got things straightened out. And they figured out how to run the ball effectively. And we talked about that in the beginning. We thought that was going to be a key, Utah, Utah's ability to run the ball. Washington was tough up front at first, but eventually Utah wore them down, wore them down, and Zach Moss ended up carrying for 
100 yards on the nose. 100 exactly. Yeah. It was a tough 100. Well, too. it was a it was a 100 like that 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 was a that was a workload. That was like pulling a cart up a hill kind of a 100-yard effort. It was 3.7 yards per carry. You gave the stat before in the pregame show that he was averaging what? Six in the conference, just under seven yards a carry. Six, yeah, six point nine, six point eight yards per carry. Well, he certainly didn't get that today. But how about the effort of Zach Moss? Hundred yards, kept possession of the football. Three point seven yards per carry, had the touchdown. Didn't he also have a receive? Yeah, he did he have did a receiving have a touchdown yeah. as well. Forty-one yards through the air. Uh, Zach Moss cemented. His legacy as the best back in the Pac-12 this year. We want to hear your thoughts on this one. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Run your thoughts by Frank. And uh, we'd love to hear you as the Utes get it done. 33-28. All eyes now turn to the L.A. Coliseum where the Trojans will host the number seven Ducks. Six o'clock. We're here at the point after 5445 South, 900 East. And you better believe that the Ute fans are sticking around and coming back in for uh, that one because that is going to matter a lot. Utah takes care of their side of, the, uh, of business. Now they are uh, hopeful that now we talked about pregame, not cheering for the Ducks, <laughs> but, no, 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 no. but cheering for USC no. to lose. Yeah. 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 Something, so. however you need to make it work. I still can't reconcile Maybe a it. Maybe forfeit. <laughs> so that nobody, you know, it's a loss. But. I still can't reconcile it. I'm not going to lie. Cheering for the Ducks. Why, why don't you like the Ducks? Distasteful. What, what do you hate so much about the Ducks? I'll tell you. Not a fan of the swoosh, huh? Um, I'll tell you about the Ducks. Uh, one time. They don't have teeth? We tra- I think they have little nubs. Okay. <laughs> we, traveled, we traveled to uh, Oregon, a town that I always admired. I thought, you know, that's a. Oregon's you, not you, a town. Eugene. I didn't, you didn't let me finish. Yes. Eugene okay. is a great place. <laughs> It's, the city uh, of Utah is beautiful. Politically, I'm not aligned with with Eugene. I'll tell you that. But really, it's a great town. We're some, going there. Nice food, and uh, yeah, if they want to act like you know right. ridiculous, then I, you know, I. <laughs> but nevertheless, health care for everybody, please. I, I, uh, I, I was always kind of a fan. You know, I Phil Knight and Nike and all that. Well, you know, all that's changed now but we walked in as the you know as the utah team and going up to call the game and the fans at in in eugene the fans at the stadium could not have been worse <laughs> they, the their, reception was not they, warm they, they could have not they could not have been more arrogant uh-huh. in their commentary as we simply walked through the tailgate area on our way to the stadium. Were you telling them this that you were number one is with no, a selected finger? No. Okay, all right. No, I said things like, hey, you know, good luck. That was the game. Do you remember the, the game when Utah went up there and completely destroyed the Ducks? That that was the beginning of my – because I always, you know, I just kind of like the, the uniform thing. I don't want – my Utah team to do that, but for the Doug, yeah, you know, be flamboyant and whatever you're going to be in 96 combinations and, you know, the, the ticked-off duck and, I, you know, I liked all of that and, it, and, and uh, the, huh. you know, the way they ran the offense and it was exciting, but, but then it turned 
And now, uh, and now I'm no, no fan of the Ducks. Not at all. Halftime was 14-13 Washington. Since then, the Utes uh, uh, outscored Washington 19-15. Is that accurate? Yeah, 19-15. Second half was where Utah made their money tonight. Uh, this afternoon, rather. 20-14, to 14, rather, in the second half. My bad. But uh, no, none bigger than that final one uh, for the University of Utah when it, this, this game was uh, 26-21 Utah, uh, or sorry, 21-19 Washington, Utah did a nine-play, 82-yard, five-minute, 18-second drive, went for two. There was a bit of controversy on that two-point failed conversion, uh, Frank, where everyone here, th- yeah. that ball was in his right elbow, in the crook of his right arm. That is over the goal line, but the ball is blocked from view, and so they can't confirm that it's in so they go with the play stands as called yeah it was only failed because the pac-12 official on the field couldn't figure out that it was actually a converted two-point play and it was only failed because the official in the booth who apparently went out for a hot dog when he was supposed to be monitoring the replay couldn't figure out that the ball clearly Across the plane. Good hot dogs at Husky City. And, and it was only failed because when the when the officials gathered in the field to discuss it, uh, they decided they only decided where they were going to go for dinner in Eugene after the game, and and Seattle. decided and and excuse me in Seattle and and decided not to appropriately review the play. That's all on the field. That's I mean you've got sources that have told you these things. Yes. Okay. Significant. Well, uh, significant sources. The good news is it didn't come back to uh, really matter in the end because Utah did go down and score another touchdown. Yeah. It kind of felt like that World Series play when at first were, base. Yeah, when it was uh, runners in batters interference, and then they decided to go ahead and just keep the wrong call. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then they just scored seven more runs or whatever and then you scored seven more runs it was it was the fuel that utah needed to light the fire in the second half that was the drive of the game though for my money (laughs) to go up 26 21 because it broke washington it it did it flattened them they were up 21 19 uh feeling good minute or or, uh, so left in the in the uh third quarter was it and they throw that pick uh, that Utah re- returns for a touchdown. Then they are forced into a punt, and Utah retur- uh, goes down with a five-minute drive, scores a touchdown. That So it's either the interception or the touchdown that put them over. I go with the touchdown that put them over, but it, it just broke them. It flattened them. So probably the pick six was huge as well in, in uh, breaking the will of the Washington Huskies. But this was, I'll be honest, I told you before the game I thought Utah was going to have this one in hand. Yes, you I did. I said 34-20, but that it was more going to be like a, a, an obvious 34-20. The score was close to what I said, but it was nothing like I thought it was going to be. I did not see Utah having to come back in this one. But I'll tell you what, Frank, this is why this Utah team is different from seasons past. Seasons past, they go up to Seattle in a big moment like this. They get punched in the mouth in the first quarter, and I'm not sure they're able to overcome it. No, I think you're right. This I, time around is different. I think you're absolutely right. The, 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 uh, the talent on this team is re- depth of talent, really, really good. Uh, 
concept on both sides of the ball, what you're trying to accomplish, and then the execution, really, really good. Defense has, defense has always been, in, in Coach Whittingham's era, I mean, every year in and year out, it's kind, it's kind of a championship caliber defense. And, and the difference this year is now when the defense makes a stop. In a game when that defense gives up 28 points in the past, that game is seriously in doubt. Mm-hmm. But now you have an offense mm-hmm. under Andy Ludwig to go along with that, to complement what the defense does. Tyler Huntley comes out of the game again without throwing an interception. Two, 200 and what, 90 yards? 284 yards. A very, much more than a game manager used his legs effectively. He did get harassed. He never got rattled. Yeah. And led that, led that team. How about that rushing touchdown he had? <laughs> I don't know how, first of all, I don't know how he held on to yeah, the ball. Uh, well, yeah, and the hitch in his giddy-up as he was running around the right side. I mean, that didn't look like so, Tyler Huntley running. I, let me ask oh, you about man. that. Yeah, he's really scampering right, and he's obviously yeah. laboring yes. to do it. And then he stops almost as though he's going to throw it again. That looked planned, like he was trying to Maybe. get the guy to drop off a bit again. Right. But, right. but it also may have been that he can't run as fast as he usually would. But it doesn't matter. He scored. Doesn't matter. Heads up play. Tough, tough play by him. And uh, we, Tony and I talk about this uh, every day from 10 to noon. We talk about this all the time on the zone. Tyler Huntley is not your draft pick in fantasy football. He does not give you six touchdowns through the air and, and 431 yards like uh, Anthony Gordon might give you. But what he does give you is wins. He gives you a strong leadership a guy who you can rely on, a consistent quarterback who this season has made one bad decision, one. And uh, he gets you one touchdown tonight, 284 yards. Again, you're not winning your fantasy game with that, but you're winning real games that matter. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Which would you rather win? (laughs) Okay. Which do you want to win? What bet do I have on the line? Yeah, I guess guess that's true. And then then Zach Moss. We talked about 100 yards, but really it was more like a 400-yard effort. 100 yards rushing for Utah today. They end up with a grand total. 115, right? 115. 15 yards of productivity from everybody else. So, uh, and then if you talk about the rushing game, this is one stat that is super impressive. Super impressive. Savan Ahmed, 14 carries, 50 yards, 3.6 yards per carry. Now, had Washington maybe relied on the run game a little bit more and kept Utah's offense off the field, Ahmed may end up with very similar numbers. I mean, they both had the same average per carry, 3.6, 3.7. Ahmed was only allowed to carry the ball 14 times, though, mm. which I think is an interesting, an interesting stat. They left the hand, they left the, the game in the hands of Jacob Eason, and he's, his two interceptions were very costly. Uh, so he had how many carries? Ahmed? 14. 14, 14 for 50. 14 for 50. The that is his worst. Uh, oh yeah, carries. Since game one of the season when he only had 15 carries for 44 yards against Eastern Washington. But why was that? Because he played a quarter and a half. Yeah. He played the full game in this go. And, uh, by the way, against Oregon, 140 yards for Ahmed on the ground. 
Yeah. The vaunted Oregon Ducks defense. So Utah really flexed their muscles defensively. Now, uh, the, 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 the worry was not the defense in that first, not for me anyway, in the first half of play. The worry for me was the offensive line, and if they were able to put that together. Bam, what's Bam, uh, uh, what's his last name? Olaseni, 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 Olaseni from London. I know London. they've been chomping at the bit and thirsting to get him on the field. That was a weird time, I felt, to start things with him. Yeah, and he, it, they, they, they figured it out quick. And he, he must have had an unbelievable week of practice, um, and he's going to need another unbelievable week of practice <laughs> to get back out to there. find his way back in the game. He, yeah. he looked lost. And by, by the way, that's a tough, you know what, that's a tough situation for him. You know, put oh, him totally. in against Oregon yeah. State. Yes. You know, put him in against Arizona State. Give him an opportunity to have some success. That's when I <laughs> thought we'd see him. Yeah. You know, put yeah. him in against your, the number one rival on rival, but game on your schedule. Right. Competitive, the number one competitive contest on your schedule. Maybe the that's biggest, a difficult start. Maybe the biggest regular season game you've ever had. Yeah. Here, well, get in there, kid. Everything else pales <laughs> by comparison now. So go, going out the rest of the schedule, you know, we'll see where, where Bam ends up. But that was a rough start. That was a rough start for him. How about defensively? Uh, the team led in tackles today uh, by – oh, I just lost it. I'm so sorry. Well, it was a great defensive effort, Frank. Uh, there was a good defensive Play by the youth. The, the, the Terrell Burgess had <laughs> 10, 10 tackles. <laughs> One tackle for loss. He was fantastic. He made a couple of very key plays in the football game. Uh, Julian Blackman has eight tackles, five solo. Did he have an interception as well, Julian Blackman? Or and I? he had the interception, okay. yep. Uh, John Penasini had seven tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss, and a forced fumble. RJ Hubert, number 10. I, I I am so sorry. I just haven't seen Hubert on the field. I gotta ask. I gotta this, admit, this year. I, I had to ask Brian, who's that? Brian he, Brown knew who it was. Yeah, and he Nickelback. He 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 uh, he had one one tackle, one total tackle, one. But you know what else he had? He had a forced fumble in the game. Hmm. Go figure. Anyway, that was a terrific effort. Uh, and, and Francis Bernard ends up with five tackles. Devin Lloyd made some several key plays in the game, four tackles in the game. So it was just a, it was a terrific defensive effort. It really, really settled into that football game after taking uh, some haymakers from Washington early on. And uh, there was a moment where uh, Utah was driving and looking to score, and uh, Jordan Wilmore, his quad, unfortunately, fumbled the ball for him. I wouldn't want something. To, listen, I wouldn't want to get away in the way of Jordan Wilmore's quad. No, would you? Neither did the football. Neither did the ball. Only to only to have insecure. the Utah defense go out there and force Washington into a punt, get the ball back to Utah, and what happened on the next possession for Utah? Vickers fumbles. Oh man! And you're going, oh my and, word! And that was another fumble. Well, I mean, ball security has just got to be more important than that. It was a. I mean, the, 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 there was a there was a kind of a rip from behind on sure. the ball, and he got contact. But it's a still, good you, you play. gotta figure out how but to the hang defense, on to that football. The defense yet again. So they've got now they've got back to back possessions where they've given the ball to their offense and they fumbled it. Yeah. Defense goes out there and what do they do? Get a pick six, break the back. Pick six. 
and Utah uh, then went on to score later and take the lead. You know when I was worried, a little worried about this game, when Utah, it was the first, first quarter, Utah got the turnover, went down in scoring position, only came away with a field goal. Hmm. Remember that early in the football game? Yeah. I thought, well, man, it looks like Washington's moving up and down. But just like we said, this is a football t- a kind of a mature football team, senior leadership, lots of experience on both sides of the ball. And they just settled into no panic whatsoever. They just settled into their game and eventually, eventually took over the line of scrimmage. I think that's where things really turned around for Utah. Utah takes care of their side of the uh, drama. Win at 33-28. The Pac-12 South still alive for them. USC hosting Oregon coming up at the top of the hour in L.A. Right here at the point after 54-45 South, 900 East. The old sports mall location, 54-45 South, 900 East. Get in here, watch the the game, take it in with some uh, buds of any kind, be it friends or brew or both. Get on in here. Uh, the uh, the Budweiser people were here earlier. They bought everyone a beer that was I, in here. I know. Did you see that? I, you know, uh, I uh, appreciated I got a shirt instead oh, well, and, and some nice. chapstick. So they uh, were great. Yeah. Well, it's 5.0 beer day, apparently. That, that started today. So lips appropriately moisturized is critical. It's a priority. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see what you did there. Absolutely. But this I is heard the place what you to said, be. too. What did I say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does the chapstick <laughs> taste like beer? I says, is it beer flavored? Yeah. Is it beer flavored <laughs> and the gal, lip balm? The gal goes, uh, 5%. <laughs> so, which, that's the, that's, it is 5% beer day today. So get into the, uh, the point after and come watch the big-time game. Utes could, uh, in my opinion, be the South champions at the end, of the, uh, the end of the night. They just have UCLA, Arizona, and Colorado to then answer for. Uh, there. So we'll take your phone calls, 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. Take a break. Get your phone calls on the other side. Frank Dolce here, Austin Horton. Give you who, uh, we'll let you know who we think should get the game ball. Ashton tweeting in, who gets the game ball? We'll let you know what we think on that. Hopefully get some sound later and for sure continue to break this one down. As it's all lining up, that USC loss early in the season feels a lot better today. It might feel a whole lot better in three hours from now. We'll keep you informed right here on the Zone Sports Network. And again, way behind the chain, second down and 22. Utah bringing pressure. He sends, throws an interception. Jalen Johnson down the sideline. All the way. Touchdown, Utah. And just like that, the Utes within two late in the third quarter. There you go. Some sound as Utah takes it to Washington in the second half. 33-28, the final score. A pick six along the way. A big drive uh, late in the fourth quarter. Five minutes to go, and the Utes get it done. Take care of their end of things. 33 28, they now await the result of this Oregon-USC game to get a little bit clearer picture on the Pac-12 South race and if their their goals will still be intact and how close they will be. Joining us now on the zone phone is the uh, best knowledgeable college football mind in the market outside of one Frank Dolce. Oh, my gosh. That is high praise for Hans Olsen. Hans Olsen is now. (laughs) Hi, Hans. How are you, guy? Uh, I just couldn't bear this Utah postgame without weighing in, man. This was 
this was great. This was a fantastic game. Hans. Hans, you and I were you and I were communicating during this football game and we both had a little bit of concern, a little bit of anxiety about the offensive line play. What in in your mind why the change up in the offensive line to start the game? And how did that Utah team settle in and start to win the line of scrimmage, scrimmage as the game wore on? Okay, this one's going to take a minute. You guys can settle back and eat some chicken wings because this is, a, this is a really long answer here. But I'll start with talking about the offensive line switching up. First and foremost, Frank, you know how much Utah respects their defensive line, and they respect Bradley and Leckie. So when they go through a week of practice and they're pushing this offensive line and this particular front that they decide to go with has a great week of practice and they're winning in one-on-ones and they feel like those guys have good sets and they've got good chemistry because they're actually moving Utah's defensive line in practice, then they think, oh, hold on. If they're moving our defensive line, if they're doing okay in one-on-ones against our defensive line, if, if they're having success offensively up front against our defensive line, then they're going to do it against Washington. And so they, I think they thought, well, we can just roll this, this group out. Well, there were some quick changes. Uh, the third offensive series, in fact, I was tweeting out as fast as I could because I could see it all happening. And I was actually live tweeting and doing some, some video of these plays, you can go see the video at 975 Hans, but I could see it kind of falling apart, and they were trying to run man-on-man, and they were trying to block the outsides man-on-man, and all of a sudden, Andy Ludwig in the third offensive set was like, no, screw this, and they went to, they went to dives, they went to right. powers, they mm-hmm. went to screens, they went to zero traps. Like, I was tweeting what they needed to do, and all of a sudden, Ludwig does it. Now, remember, I think from an offensive line point of view. So when I'm tweeting, I'm like, this is what the offensive line needs. And Andy Ludwig reverted to it, and the flow came. And, Frank, when you do that, it gives the power back to the offensive line. You change up the cadence, and you change up the count. Those things will keep the defensive line honest. That's why you saw some offsides by the defensive line, and that's why you saw a couple of offensive linemen jumping because they weren't paying attention to what the count was because it was continually changing. And then you go zero traps where you pull your guards and you pop those D-tackles and D-ends and you run power trap with Zach Moss and you give them the ball downhill. And once they start rolling downhill, then all of a sudden you saw Washington come out in the second half and they went bare six-man front. Basically, five men with, with another linebacker walked up, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, screw that. We're not doing this in the second half. And then that's Tyler Huntley's moment. And then Tyler Huntley comes out, and he's finding target after target after target, and, and it breaks the will of Washington. So fantastic job by Andy Ludwig to make those adjustments to give the offensive line the advantage. Along those lines, Hans, we were talking earlier uh, that uh, Utah teams in, in seasons past, I'm not sure they're able to overcome that early uh, punch in the face that they took tonight against Washington. But that's what proves that this year is different. This squad is different. They're more seasoned. They're experienced. And they're ready to answer anything that comes their way, yeah. albeit except for one night, one Friday night in the Coliseum. But 
that seems like a distant uh, uh, memory now. Yeah, and the, the difference is, guys, well, you know, we've talked about Tyler Huntley's progression, and that's a huge difference. But, Frank, in the preview show, what did we say was the primary dif- difference, Utah and Washington? It was Andy Ludwig. It was, it, it, was the, it was the number one difference of what we've seen Kyle Whittingham versus Chris Peterson, and we said, well, what's the difference? Well, it's Andy Ludwig is the offensive coordinator. And that's the difference, and that was the difference in the game. And, and, and to, your, to your point, Austin, I think that that has really helped them because the adjustments, man, it was so nice to see him hand the game back over to the offensive line and almost say, all right, I get it, which then softened up the blow to give them a little bit of pocket presence in the fourth quarter, in the, back into the third quarter in the fourth quarter. It just gave them the power back. And it was really nice to see it. Man, I, I tweeted this. A lot of offensive coordinators can't see past their own nose because of their arrogance. And, and Amy Ludwig does not have that issue, and we saw those adjustments. They were fantastic. Hans, talk to me about Utah's defensive line. They gave up a few yards early in the football game, but then really settled in absorbed the first punch thrown or the first couple punches thrown by Washington and then took over the football game? Well, it was crazy to see Chris Peterson, a couple of things. I, I couldn't believe that he went for it on the fourth down just before the half. That was mm-hmm. bizarre. Yeah. And then the other thing I couldn't believe is you get down on like the eight-yard line and you've got to score and you've got to hold on to three timeouts so you can kick a football and ask your defense to get a stop and call some timeouts. Instead... He calls a timeout and gives Bradley and I an opportunity to take a breath after Bradley and I had hit Ethan like three times consecutively, and then he's like, hey, Bradley, go take a break for a minute. Instead of pressing the gas, pressing the gas. If I'm that offensive tackle, I'm like, no, don't call a timeout. He's puffing. <laughs> At the very least, he's tired. Don't give him a break. And then you give him a break, and he comes out and gets the stack. And, and then that's a game changer. Now, they end up scoring, but they lose their timeouts, and they, and they lose seconds, valuable seconds. So um, I, I was impressed by Bradley and I. When he, when he started to really pick it up, this is an NFL offensive tackle he's going against. When he started to yeah. pick up the momentum, and he was baiting that offensive tackle, he baited him all night long. He just kept, he kept baiting him to the outside, baiting him to the outside, and then finally, and then finally, he takes hits an over and over the top, and then comes back underneath and gets multiple hits on. And I, I think you know, I think uh, was it Tupai that had the other sack, or, or was it? No, no, it was Mika, wasn't it? Was it yeah, Mika? Yeah. So yes, uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching those guys go back and forth and. And the middles were doing what the middles were doing. You know, they're, they're clogging up the lanes and then getting a little bit of push. You know, they haven't been fantastic playmakers. They've just been exceptional at doing what Morgan Skelly needs them to do. And then those ends came alive. And you just can't call that time out there. Just, you just go, you've got to get up yeah. to the line and, and throw a ball and try to get the ball. But don't get Bradley and I arrested. It was actually John Penasini who was credited with the other sack. Okay. Bradley and I so, on one, John Penasini on the other. So, 
fantastic the way they picked it up in the second half, Frank. And and oh, and there were some defensive adjustments. By the way, in the first half, a lot of the issues were the corners falling down. Three different occasions, corners on the ground. I know, just odd, odd, odd. sort of instances that that the cornerbacks falling down, tripping as they're getting into out of their breaks or into their. I mean, it was just, it was strange. And but all of those things got cleaned up, uh, especially in the second half when Utah kind of took the game over. Hans, what can yes, you say did. about uh, the effort of Zach Moss specifically tonight? Because we look in the box score, and I go 100 yards. I felt like he had 500. How does that work? It, that that was a tough 100 yards for that guy. A tough 100 yards. The first half was was as tough as a as a yardage comes, and Washington did not want him. To hit the 50 mark, and they did. Then, then when he got the 50, they did not want to hit the 70. And you know, Austin, when a team makes a decision that that's the effort that they're going to put in, and he's not dogs. Washington's got boys of fun. I mean, they got some real dudes. You you can make those stops, and you can make it really difficult. It was just hard grinding yards, and I, I hope up Moss can get in the ice tub and, and get himself refueled because that was a physical game for him. Yeah, he did. You know, and you mentioned the physical game. He took a shot early in that game. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it or if you're just listening to it, but he took a, a funny shot to his head, and he stayed down. on the. He immediately grabbed his helmet. He stayed down on the turf. He yeah. was required to go out of the game. Hmm. and quarter, came, yeah. yeah, in the first quarter, but then came back into the game you know, in terms of uh, of like the battery, you're, you know, your your quarterback and your your running back, two of the top performers and the leaders on your offensive side of the football. Just talk about the toughness of those two guys. Both yeah. are suffering injuries, and everybody is at this point of the year. I understand that, but but both suffering injuries, not quite a hundred percent. But man, did they give a hundred percent effort today? Well, and that tells you that they understand what's on the line and in front of them, and they're committed to the goal. They want that championship. You know, they, 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 they are doing this for each other. I guarantee you, Frank, that, and you know this as well as anybody, Hundley is feeling Moss's toughness. Moss is feeling Huntley's toughness. They're feeding off the defense, and these guys are just unified, and they'll do whatever they can do to win these games. And and Huntley's toughness has been apparent and an and incredible uh, a show of resilience and and desire, and so just really proud of both of them. Hans Olsen with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Utes get it done, 33-28 with the big one coming up here in just moments. Utah, or I'm sorry, USC hosting Oregon. Hans, well, I've, I've been saying all day, and I know there's games left to play, but take a look at what Oregon State did to Arizona tonight. And then you've got UCLA and you've got uh, Colorado left. Do you think we'll know the result of the South tonight, or do we still have to wait? Oh, I, I personally think we're going to know the results. But yeah. uh, I, I, th- I think, but man, Austin, that's I don't, I don't, I really don't want to get in the way of it because it's it's the Pac-12 and it's just bizarre. The whole thing's mm-hmm. Twilight Zone. And, I, and yeah. for the first half of that Washington-Utah game, I'm like, here we go, twilight zone, until Ludwig started right. to turn things a little bit. But, man, it's just twilight zone, Austin. But my, my gut tells me Oregon's going to take care of business. 
Well, if you didn't know, we'll let you know. With 2.15 remaining in the fourth quarter, Oregon State 56, Arizona 38. I mean, I just, I don't know. It is the, it is the Twilight Zone. And Hans, you have, a big, you have a big game that you're going to be attending and talking pregame, postgame up in uh, Logan, up in Cache yeah. Valley tonight. And what is your sense, before we let you go, what is your sense of that in-state rivalry as the Aggies take on the Cougars? I think this is going to be uh, a long, tough, kind of ugly night. I think it's going to be a mucky, ugly night. Turnovers, flags, battles, mistakes. And a kind of ugly by both teams, and a 20-ish, 20-ish type game, like a 2017, uh, 21-17 type game. And it's just going to be one of those slugfest rivalry games where nobody wants to quit. And and I I, I just got to feel it's going to be ugly, and, and and kind of a long night. Hey, um, Austin, you told uh, you told Brian that you were going to ask me about the game ball. Handed yes, out for sir. this yeah. game, and, yeah. I, and I did want to. I wanted to make mention of this because when I was going back and forth on Twitter with some stuff, and, and by the way, please go follow me at nine seven five Hans. You can see some different videos, holding calls that were missed, and all kinds of stuff. But I was going back and forth. There were some listeners that that were saying, "It's really Tyler Huntley injured. Is this the right thing to do? Is this?" <laughs> and I'm giving my game ball to Tyler Huntley because he has made so many adjustments. And it wasn't about Tyler Huntley needing to be mobile. It was about Tyler Huntley needing to lean on what he's learned and gained as a football player, and that is getting it to boss and getting it to playmakers and navigating the pocket and and trying to keep himself upright and clean for the night. And he took a couple of hits early. He made some really bad mistakes to drop his head early, but then he kept his head up, and he, and he went back to the new rules and assignment that were really implemented after that USC game. And I'm going to give that game ball to, to Tyler Huntley, even though you could give it to Bradley and I because his pressures at the end were paramount, or you could give it to Jalen Johnson or, or Julian Blackman, you know, interceptions across the board. I'm going to give it to Tyler Huntley. Fantastic effort again by him. Fine. That's, that's, a, that's a completely acceptable answer. I mean, there's several you could give it to, but Huntley was – was gutty, to say the least. Hans, we can't thank you enough for uh, lending your expertise. I know people thirst for your reaction to each and every one of these games. We look forward to hearing you on the Utah State-BYU pregame show coming up. Hey, thanks for giving me a few minutes. Frank, take it away, buddy. <laughs> That's my guy, Hans Olsen. We're, we're going we're gonna to institute the... We're going to institute an award weekly from now on. Uh, we'll probably preview it during the next Utah preview show on Thursday. It's the Merlin Olsen <laughs> defense and defensive lineman of the week. Okay. And, I like uh, it. and and we'll get uh, we'll get hands to to chime in on his favorite part of the football field. Love it. The trenches. Uh, as we and he does a terrific job. As we take a break, a reminder your reactions 855-340 zone 855- 340 zone to get on the Ute postgame show. Let us know what you feel about your Utes getting it done. 3328. Also, a bit of breaking news right now on the Utah Jazz front. They'll be at the Clippers tomorrow, but uh, bad news Ed Davis, who left the, the Kings game early yesterday, uh, was evaluated and examined by the Jazz medical staff. 
via x-ray and MRI, and it revealed a fractured left fibula, and he will be reevaluated in four weeks. So the thinnest position on the Utah Jazz roster, taking a big-time blow there. Fractured left fibula for Ed Davis, reevaluation in four weeks. Well, I've had a fractured Have you? fibula. Yes. And? And, uh, and returned in the same football season. So it is an injury. It's not, a, it's not necessarily a season-ending injury. There's lots of things that go along with a fracture, and we don't know the severity of it. But uh, certainly four weeks, you evaluate, and there's, a, I would say, a very good chance of seeing him back on the active roster. I would agree uh, with these injuries in my limited experience and knowledge of it. The bone will heal fine and quickly. It's then the conditioning and the muscles around getting back on the, the floor in good basketball condition before he's all the way ready to go. Again. Yeah, so, yeah, no question. But there's a little jazz update for you. All right, more of your calls, 855-340-ZONE, next on the Utah Post Game Show. Imagine the locals are going to try to make a little noise and make it more difficult on these two tackles in particular. Washington brings pressure. Huntley looks to beat it over the top. He's got Dixon inside the 30. What great poise from the senior quarterback with the pressure coming. Delivers for Dixon for 45 yards. Take that, Brock Hewer, you <laughs> homer. Easy. Did you Easy. hear the way he was just homering up there in the booth? I didn't. Homer. No. I mean, is his Take brother, that, Heward, his brother's and your in the booth on the gelled other. hairdo. <laughs> Don't be, look, let's not be jealous, bald guys. Je- let's Jelly be, let's Heward. Let's be cool with it, bald guys. Jelly Heward. We can't even say your last name. Is it Heward? Is it Ward? It's Ward. Huard. It's like Sword. If, if, if he was cool, he'd go with Huard. 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 Brock Huard. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> Ward. Utes get it done, <laughs> 33-28. Falter at first, come back for three, three and two and a half strong quarters. And uh, I tweeted earlier, uh, great. I t- tweeted earlier in the game that it felt a little bit like that USC night for the offensive line, but then that first half ended very differently than the first half Didn't ended it? at USC with the Utes uh, riding a little momentum in the second half. The defense saved their bacon a couple times after a couple offensive fumbles, and Utes get it done 33-28. We'll get some uh, post-game sound live from Seattle. Patrick Kinahan was up there. We'll get it here in just a few moments, but 855-340-ZONE is our phone number. 855-340-ZONE, patiently awaiting. Uh, on the line there for us is our good friend and buddy, Robin. Robin, hi, thanks for calling in. Hey, what's up, Austin Frank? Good to have you on, buddy. Quite hey, the combo Robin. Right there. Quite the combo. How about Let's that? It is. That's a combo meal in and of itself right there, Frank and Austin. Supersized. <laughs> Joey Lawrence. Frank, I was looking at a picture of Joey Lawrence, and that's your yeah. twin brother. Holy oh, cow. that's a good I'm point. Sure oh, man. Are we, going, a, are we going back to this? That's a great Joey, Joey Lawrence. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look that up right now. now. Joey Lawrence now, because he's bald now. So, back in the day. Check it up. I don't know. I'm, yeah, okay, okay, I'll so check it out. All right. He's a handsome fella. That's one of the greatest one. weeks of my life, man. I found footage of John Stockton dunking, which I thought I'd never see in my life. No way. It's on YouTube. Yeah, Google it, or YouTube it. Yeah. <laughs> 85. 
anyways, uh, as far as the Jazz go, you got a point guard in Conley and a center in Rudy Gobert, and everybody else is interchangeable. And the Jet or the, my Utes, man, uh, Tyler Huntley, he's the heart and soul of our team. You know, Moss is probably our best player, and our defense is tough. But man, that touchdown run took me back to Elway, Green Bay, Super Bowl 32 or 33. I don't remember. Not quite as important, but man, what a day of sports. I just, you two on the radio together, does it get any better? <laughs> Thanks, you Thanks, guys. Robin. Always fun. Hey, to hear and from Robin, you. I've looked it up. I've looked not it up. Not the Stockton dunk. No. The, he's not worried about that. He's worried I'm about pretty, himself. I'm pretty sure the Stockton so. dunk doesn't exist. It but exists. I did look up. I've seen it. I did look up Joey Lawrence, and that is that's a good-looking guy right there. I mean, I don't want to. I don't know if I want to get into that too much. I get but, Kevin, I get Kevin James, and you get Joey Lawrence. But, that's not fair. But you said I'm going to leave this up to you. I'm not going to make any comparisons. But what say you about this? comparison with Joey Lawrence. You guys look like brothers. You huh. really do. Yeah, he's the much better looking and wealthy Oh, brother. come on now. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Thanks, Robin. Good to have you on, buddy. That's my guy, Robin. It has been a great day of sports, and it's continuing. Oh, it's it's still going. It's still S- going. You've got SC Oregon that I can't see the score of from where I am. Uh, well, I, it's 0-0, and SC is driving. They're throwing the ball into the corner of the end zone. Worst play ever <laughs> in the history of football. <laughs> I don't know. There was a few uh, Jay Keeps plays back in the day. That <laughs> I just don't like the lob into the back of the end zone. I think it's just a throwaway, giveaway play. We'll catch up with uh, Patrick Kinahan when we can. He's uh, been up in Seattle covering uh, the uh, the Utah at Washington game, 855-340-ZONE. Light up the phone lines. Let your Utes hear how proud you are of them. They get it done 33-28. But right now, let's hear from Coach Kyle Whittingham after this one went final. All right, great college football game. Assuming everyone got their money's worth in this one. Um, proud of our guys, how they hung in there. Didn't start the, start the game off so well. Uh, didn't start off well at all. It was uh, a little sluggish early on. Took some time to get control of the line of scrimmage. Finally got control of the line of scrimmage. Um, created some timely takeaways on defense. Uh, pick six was obviously huge. Uh, them being able to only run the football for 50 and change is, was big. Uh, we didn't run the ball ourselves as well as we usually do, but that was a good defense out there. Um, the two turnovers in the second half really, really hurt us. Um, we had uh, momentum, and, and we had to regain that momentum, which we did after both times. Uh, won the turnover margin. Uh, so, but the thing is, it's just a gut check. It was a gut check for our guys. They hung in there, uh, never quit, kept fighting and uh, found a way to win, and uh, couldn't be more proud of a group of players. Questions? We talked a lot about Tyler Huntley this year, but that fourth quarter, I mean, he took it to another level. What, what did we say about that? Just, he means so much to this football team. He's one of the elite quarterbacks in the country. I'll stand by that. Uh, made some, had some great catches. Sol- Solomon Enos had that great catch. Uh, Sol- or, uh, Samson. Uh, so there was guys making plays for him. But he put some balls in some spots that were incredible. And... Uh, Proud of Tyler, and he's still he's still not 100 percent as you can obviously see. What did your offensive line do to improve as the game went along? Well, we uh, shuffled the deck a little bit. You know, Bam was playing, then he had a, something he had to leave the game and wasn't able to come back. Uh, Simi Mawala, who hadn't practiced all week long, stepped in, and due to not being able to, 
physically and stepped in and played incredibly well. And so once we got him back in the mix and solidified moving Mick forward back into the guard spot, because once Bam went out, we bumped Nick out for you know a period of time and, and uh, went with a different guard. But then we bumped Nick back inside, put Simi in, and that was the way we stayed the rest of the way. And that was that was uh, something that really worked out well for us. Yep, <laughs> we got too good a defense. I knew that. Well, we we thought that. Uh, you know, even though we had the slow start and they got 14 points fairly rapidly, we settled in and started making plays. And uh, just proud of the players, proud of <laughs> Coach Galley and the and the defense. Uh, we played a three safety scheme for most of the game: uh, four down, two backers, three safeties, two corners. So it's kind of a, a hybrid defense. It's in between nickel and 43, which matched up very well for them because their number one uh, jersey number one tight end was a dangerous receiver, and uh, 43 just wouldn't match up with that. And so we needed to. And nickel, it was a mismatch size-wise. So uh, great job by Coach Scally and the guys uh, putting in that package that uh, utilized uh, three safeties that really did a good job. It's hard to pick one play, but would you say? I'd say that may be the play of the game. Yeah, that might have been the play of the game. Well, the ball kind of hung up. You know, so the, as I remember, the quarterback was a little bit under duress. I believe I was more looking at the routes downfield, but but uh, ball hung up and he got a good break on it. And and uh, I think he stepped through a tackle that uh, a guy had a chance to get him uh, maybe right early in the return. But but he's fast. I mean, no one's going to catch him from behind. Uh huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. This this is, a, this is a tough, hard, and we've had tough groups come here through before. That's not to be disparaging against any other groups that have come through here, but these guys, uh, there's something special in the chemistry, in the culture, and uh, this team is enjoy. They're enjoying what they're doing. They're having fun. They're enjoying them. What they're doing. They enjoy. They enjoy hanging around each other, uh, spending time together, and it's just a it's just a good feel. It's up there for me. You know, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at them, but uh, it's it's up there. It's, it's it was very very satisfying, especially in the circumstances. You know, coming up to their place, they're coming off a bye, and what are they nine hundred no after a bye, Coach Peterson? So now they're nine hundred and one, I guess after that. But but uh, just to just to battle and battle and battle and never relent and never give in, uh, and just find a way. It was great. Yes, I think it comes at a great time. Yeah, we we got a bye this week and then three down the stretch, and I think this is, uh, you know, it couldn't have been timed any better. Yeah. Obviously, the stakes are really high today, and they're, they're high every week. Mm-hmm. Have to tell these guys anything extra, knowing that no. you these guys don't necessarily control your own business. No, these guys, well, for a while, we'll see what happens. But but uh, these guys are, are uh, smart. They're, they're, they understand. You know, we don't, we, we talk. Big picture, not at all. You know, we just take it one week at a time, and uh, but and it just needs. It goes without saying it, but they know, they understand what the deal is. Who, who's kind of the one that rallies the troops amongst the players? In Tyler the- Huntley. Uh, Tyler Huntley. Yeah, he's our team leader. Yeah. It's got to be nice having Zach. I mean, he really wore those guys. Sure did. Yep, Zach was tremendous. Uh, not only uh, running the football, but he caught a couple key passes and uh, made some plays there. He was very good in his pass protection. And uh, he just he doesn't say much. He just quietly goes about turning in great performances week in and week out. Mm-hmm. 
We did. We had some huge conversions on offense. Now, conversely, we gave up a couple of huge ones on defense, you know, third and 17 or 18, I believe, on the opening drive. That just should have got us out of the drive. But but uh, third down is critical. It's one of the, the more important stats. And uh, right now we're we're performing fairly well on both sides of the ball in that uh, situation. Well, we just kept at it. You know, we, we, we kept them fresh. You know, we got a good rotation there. We got three defensive ends that we used with uh, Bradley and Mika and Max Depaye. And then we got four defensive tackles. And so that was a, a big part of it is just keeping them fresh. And, and uh, you know, they're in the third and fourth quarter when their old lines played every snap and our guys have played maybe two-thirds of the snaps. That, that starts to make a difference. It seems like Washington was jumping the snap a little bit. Did you guys change the snap count or anything? Or did things got kind of to settle in a little bit? I think they settled in. And we, we don't know why they were getting such a great jump. I mean, if they... You know, if they knew something that we didn't know, we still don't know. But, but uh, it, it's it was, seems for only a short period of time that it settled in. Peter, credit you hadn't been in a sixty-minute game for a long time. Have not. Wonder how your team Wonder, yeah, I had a hunch, and it would be just like they did. You know, they hung in there and just battled. And, and you're right, it's been uh, well, what a month and a half since we were in a situation where where it was a full sixty-minute game, and and proud of them for how they responded. Both, yeah, I think both. I think defense. I think both uh, up the level of play after the first quarter, first quarter and a half, and it was, just seems like we kept getting stronger as the game went on. Kept getting stronger and stronger and taking more control. We do have Wi-Fi. I don't just have TVs, or uh, not TVs, but <laughs> anyway, we got Wi-Fi. But I don't know if the entertainment system has. Helen, do you know? It'll be on TV. There you go. So says Helen. Yeah. Yeah, get the depth chart ready again this week, Helen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We done? Thank you. Okay. Hardly done yet, in fact, Coach. USC Oregon. Chris, very intriguing. It was fun to try and guess what the question was. Post-game comments. <laughs> it's hard when you don't hear that. I think you can catch up on the gist of it. but I like uh, that he likes both chocolate and vanilla. Right. And his ice yeah. cream. Yeah, and both. Both. Uh, and uh, someone asked him, Who's your quor- who was your quarterback today? He said Tyler Huntley. Tyler that Huntley. Accurate. Yeah. Um, uh, it was a coaching decision <clears throat> at one point. Now, was, the, the one thing decision. that did stand out to me is, he said the BAM went out with an injury. Yes. And that's what forced and, the personnel change, which... And couldn't... that? Well, that seemed, yeah, uh, fortuitous Yeah, for, that, for Utah. So my question for you, I though, hope Frank, BAM's okay. is do you think that that was the case? Or do you think that they need? They realized it or was they not working? And saving face? Suddenly, BAM, you, your toe hurts. <laughs> you need to get over that. <laughs> Well, you know those big men. When you have feet problem, that's a that's a, that's an issue. So, and I don't know what the injury was. I I don't either. And w- w- I'm sure we'll get well. Well, hopefully we'll get a little more clarity on that. Whatever the case is, Bam Bam certainly struggled. Uh, maybe he was settling into the game. Maybe not. Maybe he did just have a an injury that he could not overcome. And I'd hate to see that. Uh, I'd hate to see that be the case. But Utah's. You know the old lineup, and it, and it sounded like Utah was. Uh, did he say Mana? Didn't wasn't able to practice Moana or uh, uh, not Moana? Moala, Moala wasn't yeah, able to to practice all week. Wow. 
and then came into the game and performed. He actually ex- seemed well. It was great. Today. Extremely well. So that that's very interesting the way that, and that is also a reason why Bam probably started. If Moala can't go, then it's the you know you, you pick the next very best guy that you have available at that at the line of scrimmage, and uh, so we'll we'll see we'll see how that unfolds uh, throughout the rest of the year. But Utah. With those injuries, Tyler Huntley, Zach Moss, Bam, <laughs> all of these guys now get a week off. Yeah. And, and you heard Coach say the bye week couldn't come at a better time. Yeah. Team. Yeah, it does. It does really come at a good time for, for Utah. They could use it, and then they'll go into their last three uh, regular season games of the football football season. And, yeah, by the end of the tonight, we should really have a, a good idea of what they need to do in those last three. What was that final score of Oregon State-Arizona? Do you have that handy? Because uh, Oregon State was putting on a lot of points against the Wildcats today, last look. Uh, that's Utah's got left. Uh, I think I've got the order wrong here. But they've got uh, uh, UCLA, Arizona, and Colorado to finish the year. Is that the right order? Or yes, that, that is the right order. That's the correct order. UCLA, Arizona, Colorado. And uh, the Oregon State Be- Oregon State Beavers went 56 to 38. Well, with the win at Are Ari- you surprised at Arizona the, today. the powerhouse from Corvallis? And in uh, the other matchup, Colorado at UCLA is coming up at seven o'clock on the Pac-12. So that's going to be a fun game to watch. Will it be? Yes, yes. It's not. So it's not your classic heavyweight battle, but that I'm I'm telling you that will be a fun game to watch. There will be lots of if you've got a kid playing for one of those schools, that'll be a fun. No, game No, because you're gonna see you're gonna see explosive plays in that game. Well, From because like the, the defenses the, the don't or? the defenses don't tackle oh, okay. it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna see. I mean, you're gonna see some things in that in that football game. I, I think it'll be a fun. It has the potential to be a fun, fun game to watch. Two pretty talented offensive football teams going against two, you know, well, I'm not sure what we have on the defensive side this week. Yeah. So it could be a track meet. Fill this in for me. If Oregon State scores 56 against, or I'm sorry, if Oregon State scores 56 at Arizona. Yeah, what does Utah do? (laughs) I know. Yes. Well, I don't think it's, I don't think Utah really scores many, many more points than that, but Arizona probably won't. Arizona probably won't score. That's the issue. It'll be fifty-six nothing. It'll be fifty-six to three. Yeah. All right. Something like that. And then Colorado. That's the kind UCLA. of potential. And of course, Oregon USC going on right now live on Big Fox here at the point after fifty-four forty-five South nine hundred East. It is seven zero Trojans, seven and change left in the first quarter. So I, I'm serious. I think we'll know the South results tonight. I don't see Utah losing again. And if USC doesn't lose today. You don't think USC will take a, another loss. If they don't lose today, you don't think USC will take another loss. They've got UCLA correct? left. Yeah. They've got uh, uh, Arizona, Arizona State. State first, actually. They go Arizona at Arizona State at Cal, home oh, to UCLA. At, see, at one point that Cal game was interesting, and now it's not. Cal's no good. Right. Uh, Arizona State. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's a chance in that one. Not as good a chance. No, as no, no. This is the one. But, uh, oh, Arizona State. Brian Brown is telling us just fired their defensive coordinator. Oh, Arizona. 
Yeah, when you give up 56 to Oregon State, you're not making the trip back with the team. Man, a lot of defensive coordinators have lost their jobs after playing the Beavers. <laughs> All right. That's a tough – you know what You know what? an interesting stat is, and, and this is, this, we'll see how this affects Washington. The team that plays Utah the following week has an unbelievably lopsided win-loss record. On the loss in the loss category. What? 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 Huh? Try it again. So when a team plays Utah, so a team plays Utah. Okay. The following week, that team, that team has an Utah unbelievably lopsided win-loss record it's in the loss column. More losses than wins. Yes. So Washington will lose next week. So Washington is going to take their fifth <laughs> loss of the season. That's almost interesting, Greg. What do you mean almost <laughs> interesting? Let me tell you who they play. Washington plays. The Beavers, who just put up 56. So Jimmy Lake's getting fired next week. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I think he won't be out of work very long. We'll take a break. Coming up on the other side, live in Seattle, our guy Patrick P.K. Kinahan will join us on the Ute Post Game Show. Don't go anywhere. He's got it trying to use his speed, but he doesn't get a chance to get moving as Terrell Burgess, the leader of that secondary for the Utes, drops him for a big loss. He is so often the unblocked defender, and look at the eyes. The eyes tell you everything. He was watching the entire field. Brown Bear SLC. Brian Brown producing for us today, bringing us back with some great sound there as Utah gets the win in Seattle, 33 28 on a comeback effort after a rough first quarter right here on the Zone Sports Network. It's the Utah post-game show live at the point after 54, 45 south, 900 east. Get on down here, get the drink specials, take advantage of the prices and the camaraderie of the evening, the atmosphere. You got the SC Oregon game on, the screens all around you. You got FC, UFC rather. You're, later you'll have the BYU-Utah State to take in. So get on in here, 5445 South, 900 East. Joining us in a moment, Brian, let me know when we got PK ready to go. PK was covering the, uh, the game for us live in Seattle at Husky Stadium today. As again, Utah takes it 33-28. Austin Horton and Frank Dolce here with you. Frank, we asked Hans Olsen who his game ball will go to. He went with Tyler Huntley. Mm-hmm. You've had a little bit to think on it. Who would you give the game ball to today? And why, of course. But Man, that's a, it's really a good question. Thank you. Uh, Ashton Lawrence on Twitter came up with it. Oh, is that right? I, he I was would, wondering who you'd give it to. I, I think there, there's, uh, you know, obviously Huntley, the way that he managed the football game and managed his play, that was, that was really, really good. Uh, USC just intercepted a pass at the 10-yard line going in. Uh, and Zach Moss was just, he was, he was like a sledgehammer. You know, and you know how a sledgehammer works. Just take chunks at a time. You Believe just it, take, hammers the sledge. Yeah, you just sledge just little chunks at a time, and that's what he did. And, and, and after a few hits with that sledgehammer, then it starts to loosen up that, that concrete on the other side of the ball. I, <laughs> I, I don't think that we're, you know, I, the offensive effort was terrific. In uh, the defense, I just thought the defense took control of that game at some point, created turnovers. Eason was on skates. 
I can't identify one guy in particular because it was such a team effort. It wasn't like, you know, you said every play, oh, Bradley and Nye. Is, no, it was Bradley and Nye, but then it was Terrell Burgess, and then it was Julian Blackman, and, and then it was Jalen Johnson, and, and then Penasini. I mean, the, the total team effort on the defensive side, even up, even giving up the late score, it was... Devin Lloyd dropping in coverage. Dro- De- Devin Lloyd, the pick six... I mean, it was a it was a really a really a nice effort on the defensive side. I would like to split it up maybe and give a you know an offensive team ball. I'm going to go with the sledgehammer, Zach Moss. Okay. A Rolling Stone gathers no, no moss. All right, Gordon. And <laughs> that was an honor. A oh, Rolling Stone. And 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 no on on the defensive side. Oh, man, I just – it was such a team effort. I'll give the team ball to the defense. All right. Joining us now, the sledgehammer of 1280-97.5 The Zone, Patrick Kinahan live in Seattle. Hi, Patrick. How are you, sir? Oh, I couldn't be better just basking in this thrilling game. As I was walking off the field, a Utah <laughs> staffer guy's been involved in the program since they've been in the Pac-12. He said to me, it took us 10 years, but we finally won this type of game. Wow. Now, this type of game, not, you know, they've won against Washington before, but what does he mean well, by this, this type, type of, of game, this moment? Uh, the, the stakes were extremely high. Yeah. You know, it's not not all the way there, but in November, big game, on the way towards winning a division potentially, and we know that they've stumbled in these situations. Same situation here. The toughest of the situations that they've had. On the road, not a great Washington team. Uh, Washington team, obviously, they're only five and four. But under the circumstances, you get down. You're down fourteen to three. You're down by eight. Uh, what in the third quarter? Late in the third quarter, thinking here we go. But now Jalen Johnson gets the pick. Defense forces a three and out. Offense, huge, huge conversions on third down. Scores, scores again, and then they give up a little meaningless touchdown at the end when they were playing some clock. Uh, but that second half, outside of that first possession, well, not the first possession, I think it's the second possession where Washington scored. It was all Utah, so in the money time, man, they just totally dominated. Well, this is a team that, that's that been in this situation, like you said, kind of a, in their Pac-12 life. They've had some signature wins. They've beaten some top ten programs. But, but in this situation, with all that's on the line tonight – I think you're exactly right. In fact, you could say that Utah had this game last year in the in yeah. the championship game against Washington and couldn't figure it out. What what is it? What is the difference? Is it is it an, a championship level defense that's now complemented by a championship level offense? Is it the execution? Is it the leadership? What or is it the combination of all of these things that's led Utah to this point? I think that certainly it's a combination, but I think the tone was set when the underclassmen or the juniors and the freshmen and sophomores, they looked at some guys who could have gone and made big money and said, nah, we're coming back, and we're coming back for one purpose, right? Well, two purposes, to prove your draft stock, but that's individual. You don't need the team to win to do that. But as far as the team goals, we're coming back to get us over the hump. And I'm speaking of a nigh and foe to Blackman, Moss. I mean, we know the names, right? These guys who could have chosen to go pro, they didn't. And I think that set the tone from that point on back in the last winter that this was going to be serious. 
and they've got that type of mentality and everybody's in it together. It's really something that, you know, every team talks about it. And I've been around teams for 30 some years in multiple sports. You add it up. It's probably been about, you know, four or 500 teams I've been around on a close association. And I can say the stuff that I'm just mentioning here, this team has it as well or better than any team that I've ever been around. And it's real. And then you have senior leadership. Tyler Huntley wasn't someone who probably could have gone pro last year, but him being a senior and going through some earlier struggles and the team going through some earlier struggles. It's sort of like in the NBA. There's a history of teams in the NBA of needing to stumble before they get over the top, right? And this team stumbled a couple of times, and now looks like they are going over the top. They won, what, five in a row now, right? And then just no panic. We got this type of thing. We'll just keep wearing them down. Their depth is incredible. They could bring in guys along the front defensively, and we saw they were putting way more pressure on Eason in the second half than they were in the first half, and everything came together perfectly to make such a huge difference. In my mind, even though Washington got that late touchdown, the youth won the game going away. Patrick Kinahan live with us from Seattle where he took in the 33-28 Utah Utes win over the Huskies. I wanted to focus a little bit more specifically on Tyler Huntley with you, you PK. Uh, it's not the flashiest of stats, but that does not tell the story, I think, of the guts and the grit that Tyler Huntley displays game after game after game. Where does this rank for you in terms of his accomplishments as a Ute? No, I think it has to be right there at the top. It's probably number one. You look at his play. You know, he's not 100%. He doesn't want to talk about it. He just says he's good. Well, Kyle has no problem saying the kid's not 100%. They had a uh, third down conversion where he kept the ball and got five, and then I think he followed it up with another 13-yard run. Get down, slide on your butt, and they can't hit you. And then huge, huge third down conversions. The pass to Jalen Dixon was just sensational, 41 yards. And he read the play. You know, you, you can't really see, Frank, verify this, you know, when you're sitting at home watching the TV, it's hard to see. But when you're up in the press box, you could see that the pressure was going to come from the left side. I mean, you can just see it, right? You anticipate it. I'm watching it. He's seeing it on the field level. And so what do they do? They go right to that spot. He puts it right out on the money. And I think you look at in the past years, you know, either guys – put the ball in the money, or they overthrew, underthrew, or the receiver dropped it. We're not getting that this year. They're getting production that they need. They're getting the time. They're allowing Huntley to have the time. Then he comes back and hits a huge pass to Enos. And these receivers, this is the best that they've been for years and years now. There's hardly any drop balls. They come up with huge catches. So you put all that stuff together, and this offense is really clicking and add, add Andy Ludwig into the mix. Yeah, I think to answer your question, certainly in my mind, Tyler Huntley's biggest win that he's had in his college career. So you were at the stadium, you witnessed the whole thing, a rough start for Utah, but could you feel the momentum change after halftime? I thought it might even have changed earlier uh, Mm -hmm. because Eason fumbles and the Utes get a field goal, right? Then they get a touchdown, so it's 14 to 10. And then Washington comes up with a critical mistake. They're right at midfield. Mm-hmm. They go basically, I think they were a little bit, uh, a couple yards on Washington's side. It's fourth and one. And instead of trying to run it to pick up the first, they throw it. Lob pass over the left side. It looks like they're going to get the first down. Kid drops the ball. And then Utah is able to move the ball, get, get a free three points, basically. And so at that point, you have been outplayed 
I think, speaking of Utah in this first half. But you go into the locker room 14 to 13. I mean, you got to feel great about yourself. You know you're going to come out in the second half. You know these coaches are going to make adjustments. You know your guys are going to wear their guys down eventually, right? So you got to feel great. Even after Washington scores to go up by eight, you know that they need to play. Got to make a play. And what does Easton do? He tries to test Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson says after the game, I watched more film this week than at any other time all season. So I was the most prepared that I could possibly be. And so he knew that in that situation, he might try, Easton might try to test him. And Johnson was ready for it, steps in, takes it 39 yards, and it was the game changer. At that point, even though they didn't get the two-point conversion that they missed by an inch, you felt like they've got all the momentum. Everything from here on out is going to go their way. And that's exactly what happened. PK, thank you so much for uh, covering the game up there for us, getting us sound. We do appreciate it. You'd be, uh, you'd be safe on the way back. We look forward to hearing you on Monday morning. All right, guys. Thanks. Thank you. That's thanks, PK. PK. And, uh, by the way, on that Jalen Johnson interception, yeah. Francis Bernard, Devin Lloyd come on blitzes, <laughs> get, yeah. into his, get into the backfield and force that decision by Eason. And, boy, that was a horrendous throw. Jalen Johnson taking it all the way back. And it, with the forced block to Julian Blackman too. Yeah, it was a, yeah, <laughs> it was a uh, it was a tremendous compl- complimentary effort by the Utes when when Utah put pressure and Utah found themselves in more man type coverage and and had to hang on to things. The pressure got there so quickly. Eason back on his heels couldn't get a good read downfield. He started taking chances. And, and we saw his completion percentage, especially in the second half of play, really suffer. Uh, he did have a couple drop balls. He did hit a couple guys, and the, and the ball fell to the turf with no, no pressure. But, but in that second half, Eason just kept getting pushed off of his mark, throwing off of his back foot. And when you start doing that, when you're forced into doing that, all of a sudden the accuracy goes, goes down and... And that's what, exactly what we saw happen in this football game. 33-28, final score. Utah takes care of the Huskies. They now await the result of the USC-Oregon game, which at the end of the first quarter, suddenly the, the, the feeling of optimism and confidence, it's still there. It, feel, it still feels great. But 10 nothing after one for the Trojans might have you a little bit, uh, not down, but wondering, okay. Can Oregon well, get back in this and take care of it? Here's what I'll tell you. It's 10 nothing for the Trojans, but the Trojans had first and goal at the eight-yard line and came away with three points. So I, those kinds of things, to me, are telling in, in, a, in a football game. Um, we'll see if, if uh, USC can keep rolling, if the Ducks have something up their sleeve. Right now, USC's pretty excited about playing football. Utah faced that today. A Washington team that looked like they were pretty excited about playing football. But this ongoing, relentless pressure from Utah at the line of scrimmage on the defensive side, pounding the football on the offensive side, eventually wore down that Washington football team. And that's where you saw Utah really start to take off. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll wrap up the Utah postgame show and get you uh, get the table set for uh, the bye week for Utah and also the Utah State-BYU pregame show is coming your way, splitting the signal at the top of the hour as well, right here on the Zone Sports Network. 
darn right the mics are hot. They're hot. Mics and are fresh. Hot. Off the press is 33. 20. Whoa. Was that on air? Did he say that, that on air? Oh, thank goodness. Producer, whose name rhymes with Ryan Brown, said the mics are hot, but not as hot as Frank Dolce. Joey Lawrence. You guys do look very similar. <laughs> you and Joey Lawrence. Three to three. What? Three what? A, a 33 <laughs> to 28 to win the for the Utes. Uh, 33 <laughs> 28. Utah gets it done over Washington. Wow. Take care of their side of the bargain. USC takes care of the first quarter. On their bargain, 10 nothing over Oregon, 14 change left in the first half. That on Big Fox right here at the point after. 54-45 South, 900 East. Come on in, get the specials, get the deals, get the drinks. Enjoy the fun atmosphere and uh, take in the games all right here. Coming up next, though, we go 97-5 for the BYU pregame show. 1280, we continue with the uh, Utah State How coverage. How interesting is that? What <laughs> Split the signal. The teams that are playing each other, the pregame shows occurring at the same time. And you'll hear the game simulcast on both frequencies dun, at kickoff. Dun, dun. BYU at Utah State. Who you got in that one, Frank? And why? Oh, Aggies. There's no question. Aggies are gonna. Aggies are gonna come out on top. I'm, yeah. I'm feeling the other way, to be honest with you. Well, you can feel however you want to feel. I that's fine, okay. Fine, I will. You should. Jeez, I'm just aggressive. telling you the Gary Anderson and those Utah State Aggies are at home. They're, they need a signature win this year. They got it handed to them last week. Yeah. Air Force is still running the football <laughs> against the Aggie defense. <laughs> I think they tallied close to a thousand yards on the ground last By week. By the third quarter, I believe. Yeah. Well, that. Is a, I mean, that's a gut check kind of game, and, and that's a game that really will tell you something about your football squad. How is Utah State going to respond to that beating? I, didn't, I don't think anybody – I thought Utah State would have some trouble with Air Force. I said that during the week. I didn't think it would be that much trouble. The op- option's tough. Gary Anderson, though, is kind of a master of managing the option. Boy. Not last week. So this is a the master of none last week. This Jeez. is a game that uh, this is a game that that those Aggies. Uh, I'd like to see the response from the Aggies. Who needs the win more, BYU or Utah State? Who needs the win more? Uh, I'll tell you who needs the win more. Uh, for, for some reason, BYU needs the win more. For some reason. And the we, the reason BYU needs to win more is because they need to figure out the ridiculousness of not signing Kalani Sataki to a, to a longer-term contract. No. I just I don't, I don't understand it. you got to force the hand. It. You, and get, so, you get that win tonight, the hand is forced. And so that's the reason. And, and Gary Anderson isn't going anywhere. And a loss for Utah State would be hurtful. And I would feel bad for our friend and colleague, Scotty Gerard. But... Uh, it's it's not it's not as devastating on several different levels if Utah State loses tonight. BYU Utah State final here from point after Utah gets it 33 28 on a comeback win at Washington. The point after is open all night 54 45 South 900 East. The BYU and Utah State pregame shows are next here on the Zone Sports Network. <laughs> 